Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest here. We have Tanya Jashin, who is the founder and CEO of Sipology and Uh, If you don't know what Sipology is, you are going to be really, really excited to hear all about her story. Basically, Sipology is a Canadian company, originally a Canadian company, but they are very much available in the U.S. as well. And I cannot wait for you to hear all about her story of entrepreneurship and how a delicious cup of tea changed her life. Plus, I I am dying to hear about her experience on the well-known Canadian show, Dragon's Den, where she was one of the show's very successful entrepreneurial pitches. So without further ado, welcome, Tanya. 
Hey, Kara, good to see you. Amazing to see you as well. So before we get into hearing about Sipology and all of the good stuff that you are doing with teas, and, and I know you've expanded a bit as well, but I'd love to hear in a few minutes about your journey building it and all of that. But what were the early years like? Did you always imagine that you were going to be an entrepreneur that was a tea entrepreneur? Uh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, you know, I get that question a lot. I think as entrepreneurs, I mean, I don't think you're born an entrepreneur, but I think you are, you have the, maybe the, um, there's sort of seeds that have been planted throughout your life that maybe led you to the journey of entrepreneurship. Like, you know, as a kid, I always had a paper route or I was selling lemonade or something. Right. And, um, it wasn't until, I guess when I was about 29, my father said to me, I'm going to sell my sales and marketing company, but I would actually like it if you took it over. And um, I was a preschool teacher prior to that. But even throughout all of my years as a teacher, I was still selling something. I was still selling a product, whether it was candles or makeup or whatever it was, I was always selling something. And, um, and then when my dad gave me the opportunity to really, really, um, to, you know, hone in on my entrepreneurial skills, that's when everything changed. That's when I really jumped into the world of, okay, I actually own a business. I'm not working for someone else anymore. And now I'm going to have to grow this <laughs> or maintain it. I love it. So can you share the backstory of Sipology? How did this all come about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was like, so it was about 17 years ago, almost 18 years ago. My husband and I were just newlyweds and, um, we were, I was 31 when he and I got married and we just didn't want to waste any time having a family. So almost as immediately as we said, we're going to start a family. I was pregnant and mm -hmm. everything was going along great. And then one day, um, at 14 weeks, I had a miscarriage and, you know, it just, you know, it was very unexpected. Everything was, it, the signs weren't there that I was actually, this was going to happen. And it just devastated us. And we thought, you know, we're just going to go away for a little while, just to kind of get our minds off of things and just kind of recharge. And that landed us in the East coast of Canada, um, where we had booked ourselves into a bunch of bed and breakfasts. And at the very first bed and breakfast, they served us this beautiful breakfast, but they gave us this most delicious tea called Cream of Earl Grey. And it was loose leaf tea. And I'd never really been exposed to loose leaf tea. I've always been like a tea drinker, but it was like Tetley with a splash of milk. Mm. But this was something I was like, wow, this tastes so good. It smelled like warm, vanilla, caramelly, milky notes in it. It uh, tasted amazing. And I said, that's it where did you get this tea from? Like, I need this tea. And he said, oh, I got about 45 minutes outside of here. I said to Hadam, this isn't on our itinerary. In fact, we're going the opposite direction, but I really need this tea. It made me feel all of a sudden better. It, it took my mind off of what had just happened, got me excited. Um, I went to this little tea shop, wall-to-wall loose-leaf teas, Again, I was like, wow, I didn't realize there were so many varieties. And uh, I brought some home to my friends and family and, and started introducing them to it. And they were like, wow, this is really good. And I was like, you know what? Nobody really talks about loose leaf tea. Maybe 
maybe I'll be the person who actually talks about it and brings it to uh, the masses. And that's kind of how it started. I was like, I'm going to stop. I, I call it, I call it hot dog tea, Kara. And everyone's like, what's hot dog tea? I'm like, well, it's those tea bags that you buy at the grocery store that you just never know what you're going to get in it. Like a hot dog, like there's stuff, yeah. in, all kinds of junk in there. And uh, so, yeah, that was my mission. No more tea bags. <laughs> How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? 
you can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That is so funny. So how would you describe then Sipology to anyone? Like what makes you guys unique? So our company used to be called Steeped Tea. That's how, Mm -hmm. you know, that was the name I came up with all those years ago. It wasn't until five years ago when we decided, you know what, we're, we're going to expand outside of just the tea. Um, It started because I wanted to work with the government of Canada and the FDA in the U S and I wanted to create a line of medicinal teas that I could make claims on because I was not comfortable making claims on any of our teas, even though I knew they were extremely healthy. I needed that approval by the government to say, yes, this tea will help with your anxiety. Yes, this tea will help with your upset stomach. And so when we developed that line of teas and with the NHP number and the FDA um, reviewed, that opened a whole other world. I was like, okay, well, I hate taking vitamin pills. So why don't we create a line of uh, powders that are boosters that are vitamins, like your vitamin D or vitamin B or uh, probiotic? Because I'm like, I can just throw that into everything, right? And so then we developed that line. Um, yeah, so now we changed the name to Sipology to encompass everything that you can sip. Our matcha, if I would say if there's one product line that we are most well known for, it would be our matcha line. We have had matcha in our catalog since day one. We have eight pages in our catalog dedicated to matcha. Um, there's no junk in it. There's no artificial flavors. We have so many great varieties. Um, yeah, so we're definitely went head first into this whole health and wellness um, category, which has been a real, truly a blessing. So I was reading a, an article or it was an interview actually that you had done where, you know, obviously you started the company about 18 years ago, but it was about, I guess, 10 years ago when things really started to ramp. And uh, I always love these stories. Uh, Hint is is probably very similar in many, many ways um, about the, 
you know, founding story there and this and how it scaled, I think that the world needed to kind of catch up to where I was. But also, in addition to that, it's a story of one that I share with all entrepreneurs that, you know, there's very few overnight successes, right? No, it's definitely (laughs) trial and tribulations along the way. And, um, and then, uh, you know, often people don't even hear about you until, uh, you know, years later. So can you share a little bit about that time during your life when you really saw it ramp? Yeah. So it was like year four and you know, I had been running this company out of my basement for four years. Like my whole house had been taken over. My basement was the factory. I had two employees in my basement. It's like so funny to think about now. I'm sure I broke a lot of laws. But anyways, (laughs) I had had, um, my garages, my shipping department, like FedEx was coming down my, my, uh, you know, my neighborhood all the time. It's crazy. And I'm like, if I was doing really well, I had like a team of about 30 um, agents, apologists, we call them. And, um, we were selling close to about 250,000 annually every year of just loose leaf tea. And my, and I'm thinking, Oh my God, this is great. Like I'm, I'm going to do so well. And then my husband sat me down and he's like, we need to talk. So my husband also is an entrepreneur and he was running, he owned three subway franchises when we met. And he was going to University of Toronto for his MBA. So he wasn't really paying attention to my hobby business kind of per se. Plus we had two children under the age of uh, four. So just add that into the mix. And uh, (laughs) one day he sat down, he's like, okay, I got good news. I got bad news. I'm like, okay, what's the good news? He's like, the good news is, wow, you are a natural seller. Like you, you have created great community. You have people who want to, help sell this for you. Um, your sales are great, but he goes, the problem is that you suck at finances. You are spending more money than you're making. And I hate to tell you this, but we're $80,000 in debt and I cannot keep, we cannot keep bankrolling this, um, with, you know, uh, with our own money. And, uh, he's like, so I don't think it's going to work out. I think we're going to have to close it down. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, no. And I said, well, what can I do to change your mind? Like, what can I do to turn this around? And he said to me, well, he goes, he he went away for a couple of days. He came back and he said, if you can sell 500,000 by this time next year, which was the average sales of a a subway for the year. um, He's like, I will sell off the subway franchises. I will join you as full-time CEO of the company. And I will turn this into a profitable company. Okay. No problem. I'm like, that's a pretty big undertaking because I was pregnant with my third child at this time. I'm like, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to hustle it hard. And that's the year I call the year of the hustle for me and my team. Of course, I didn't let them know what was going on, that this was almost the end, but I'm like, we got a big goal guys. We can do this. And we did it 502,000 and had him true to his word, sold off the subways and joined me full time. <laughs> so how did you do that? How did you change course? Yeah. Oh, well, um, I was 
literally at so remember this is way before social media there was no social media so i was out there at trade shows i was out there talking to every single person i could possibly talk to to have a tea event for me i was training the sales agents who i had how they could sell better it was a collective effort of a lot of in person events, a lot of networking, a lot of trade shows, a lot of selling. That's how we did it. Amazing. And, but I mean, did you, did you basically go down to a bare bones team or did you like cut some costs in there or, or no? Interesting. So no. you were just more, no, I had like two on- people working for. <laughs> Yeah. So you were already pretty skeleton crew at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So definitely. So, so, so interesting. So what's been the hardest part about building Sipology? One of the things that I think is so interesting about uh, your company is the way that you actually uh, go to market. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I decided to start this company called Steep Tea, I... I had two routes to go. I could either go retail, um, like Subways, or I could go into the direct selling market. Now, I was always, I was very familiar with direct sales. Like I said, in my, you know, while I was a teacher, I was selling all kinds of stuff for direct selling companies. And it helped me pay for, you know, rent. Uh, it helped me pay for groceries. It was just a great little side gig that gave me um, a community to belong to, but also gave me an income that um, subsidized what I was making as a preschool teacher, right? So when I was like tea, parties, events, I'm like, this is the route I want to go. I don't want to have retail stores because I can make a bigger footprint having people across Canada selling as independent, you know, business owners versus opening up a, a store. And I saw the the, you know, the problems that owning a subway, um, you know, was, was like, right. Um, so that's the reason why I wanted to go the direct sales route. I really wanted to empower women and men to be their own little entrepreneur. Um, I mean, we've had people making six figures in this company, um, selling our health and wellness products. And these are women and men who never in their wildest dreams would ever have imagined that they could make that kind of money. They don't have university degrees, you know. They're um, there. A lot of them were stay home, stay at home moms who just wanted an opportunity to shine, and that has probably been the greatest joy in my life is just seeing the success of these people who never believed in themselves and now are making a six figure income. I mean, that's pretty incredible. So that's the reason I, I chose that road. So you started off in Canada and then yeah. you moved into the US. What mm-hmm. what was uh how long did that take before you crossed countries, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Well, so as soon as Adam joined the company, uh, a year later, we had taken the the company out of our house and made, moved into our very first 250 I think it was like 250,000, no. What was it? It was it was small. It was a small little space, but it was like the greatest like moment of my life was moving this out of my house. And, um, and at that time people, because we're, we border with like, um, Michigan and Buffalo, our consultants in the Windsor and area that were, you know, close to the border, they were starting to, I don't know how it was happening. I guess word of mouth, the, the U S was starting to hear about our teas and how much, 
Um, people were loving it here in Canada. And so they, I started getting a lot, some inquiries. Oh, when are you coming to the US? When are you coming to the US? And my natural answer is, uh, today, tomorrow, we're coming, right? <laughs> and so I said to Hannah, I'm like, hey, babe, we, we need to get to the US like now. And we're, we're getting these inquiries. I said, I think it's time. And he's like, he looks at me like I have like five heads. He's like, we just have enough capital to support the Canadian growth. Like we don't have yeah. any capital to grow into the US. And I was like, oh shoot, that sucks. Okay. So I guess about three months after that conversation, I was on Facebook and I noticed that Dragon's Den was coming to my hometown to do auditions. And it wasn't even a question in my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, they're coming to my hometown. This is a sign. We are going to audition for this show. <laughs> so again, I go to my husband. I'm like, hey, we're, we're going to go audition on Dragon's Den because then we can get the capital we need to move into the US. And he again was like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? I'm not going on this national show. Like he goes, what if they, you know, boo us off? What if Mr. Wonderful calls me a cockroach? Like he loves to do and, and, and makes fun of me. And I'm like, babe, it's okay. We're not even on the show yet. Like let's just get through the audition process first. And that was uh, I know. So I convinced them and we like nailed the audition. They loved us. And it was almost an instant yes to go on the actual show and pitch in front of the dragons. Um, and then we had about a month to really practice and practice. We did. That's so great. So what words of wisdom would you give to other people who were thinking about trying out for Dragon's Den? What, like, would you do it again? I mean, what, what's your sort of thoughts on the show overall? Yeah, absolutely. Dragon's Den and Shark Tank, right? Both amazing entrepreneurial shows. Um, the number one piece of advice that we got when we went on the show was do not over-evaluate your company. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't take that advice. And they said, because we were going to go in with a higher evaluation and the, the uh, mentor that they gave us, cause they gave us a mentor, um, to kind of mentor us through the whole process of Dragon's Den. And, uh, he's like, do you want to go on the show and defend and explain your evaluation? Or do you actually want to go on the show and talk about your product? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I want to talk about my product. So that's what we did. We went on the show and, uh, we, we pr perfect evaluation. Um, they all wanted in on the business because they, well, first of all, we had one at that time, we went on the show with 1.3 million in sales, which was great. No debt. That was number two. We were profitable. Um, I was pregnant with my son. I was so pregnant. I think that just kind of added to the ambiance of <laughs> such a, you know, great experience for them. Um, we, we really worked on the background of our set. So we didn't just rely on what Dragon's Den had. We actually created a whole tea party atmosphere. If you watch the show, you'll see it doesn't even look like you're, you're looking at a, a Dragon's Den set. So that detail, details, details and practice. Know your numbers. Um, be prepared for. I mean, what we did was we went back and watched every season of Dragon's Den. There were seven seasons prior to us. Every single show we watched and we watched for questions that they what they tended to ask over and over and over again. 
And so we had answers for every single question that they could possibly have thought to ask us. And that is why our pitch was so perfect. You know, after we went on the show, we, we started, they started using our pitch as an example for other people who wanted to pitch to Dragon's Den as this is how you do it. Right. Um, so, so that was awesome. The other tip I have for people when going on these shows, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank, and this one is very important. And it's a, it's one that I, I think that people often miss. So of course you're going on these shows because you want the exposure. 100%. Mm-hmm. You, millions of people are going to watch you on the show and you are inevitably going to get a lot of attention. Your sales are going to go up and yada, yada, right? My game plan was that I didn't want to just get that rec- that um, high bump of sales and then have nothing else afterwards. I really, truly wanted to partner with these people. I didn't want to go on the show and go, okay, yeah, I got the exposure that I needed. I don't need you anymore, dragons or sharks. So I'm, I'm done. I'm not signing the deal. My whole philosophy was, no, I actually want these people in my company. I want to have them long-term. They're still in my company till today. I can talk to them whenever I want. I can talk to their teams whenever I want. They helped us get into the U.S. Um, they handed over their factories to us in China. Like It was so worth the experience. Yeah, I gave up some of my company, but who cares? The, 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 the gains that I gained from doing that out, outweighed the, you know, the one month of, of exposure and fame, because after that, it's all gone. You don't have anything to go back on. Right. So that's a mistake I see a lot of people do. Yeah. Very, very good advice. So what have you learned about brand building over the years? I mean, obviously, you started this company out of a passion and how tea changed your um, your life. And you're really, really excited about it. You crossed into the US. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm so curious, like, what what was it about brand building that you've learned over the years that you think people should know? Oh gosh. Like I, brand building is like, it's, it's the most important, I guess, part of your whole identity, right? We're still working on our brand identity. I mean, when you think of sophology, people think of tea all all Mm -hmm. automatically. Right. Um, but we're more than just tea. We're like a whole wellness, uh, company. Um, you know, we're very, we have, we've got branding colors that we've started out in the last, um, few years. Um, our community is super important to us. Like that is a big part of our brand is, is our community building. Ernst and Young actually awarded us with a special citation award for building, um, an incredible community here in Canada, which was so on brand for us because that is our brand community, wellness, entrepreneurship. I think that that is, if you looked at our company, you would see those three pillars in our company. So yeah, branding is super important. And my own personal brand I'm working on right now too, which has been um, interesting. I love it. That's that's a, a great answer. So EY, uh, you and I are both part of the EY Winning Women program, which uh, we love yes. EY. They're so, shout out to them. Super, super amazing. Uh, one of the things that I think they emphasize a lot, they emphasize a lot of different things that I've learned in the program, but the importance of mentors. And I get this question 
all mm-hmm. the time from entrepreneurs. Like it, it's not always easy to know how to find mentors, but also what do you ask them for? I mean, that that's kind of the the key thing that I think so many people feel like, okay, I've got to find a mentor. But, um, you know, it, unless you actually know how to use mentors and, and what you really need them for, how have you thought about that? Well, a long time ago, I guess about 10 years ago, I... Um, myself and, and a, a group of core women, we were all part of the Profit 500 group here in Canada as Profit 500. We were, we were being presented with different awards. And there was five of us that really just clicked. And we decided that we were going to become each other's mentors. Um, someone to, you know, bounce um, ideas off, you know, maybe it's not even about bouncing ideas off, but maybe it's about, um struggles, right? We all have struggles Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs. I think entrepreneurship is extremely lonely. You are, you feel alone at the top. And and one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned in this whole entrepreneur journey is that my, my team members are not my friends, right? Mm -hmm. I can't talk to them the same way that I can talk to my girlfriends or my mentors. Um, it's, it's bitten me in the ass. I want everyone to be my friend. I want to, you know, give my whole heart to everybody, but as an entrepreneur, it's, it's, and when you're their boss, it's super hard. And I've, I've really struggled with that. I've had to learn some hard lessons through that journey. Um, but back to my mentors. So yeah, I've had these women in my life for 10 years. We travel together now every single year. Um, it's their sounding board. They are a sounding board for everything in my business life and my personal life, to be honest. (laughs) Well, when things are, yeah, definitely. I feel like for me, mentorship, I mean, at all levels, I think everybody needs mentors, but I feel like for, for me, mentorship, definitely it's lonely, right? Being an entrepreneur, especially when you're running a whole team, you um, can't necessarily, you're leading, you can't necessarily, uh, share everything, um, with the, with the team that's going on. So you definitely need that group around you. But I think that for me, it's also hearing stories from other founders and, and CEOs, leaders that have gotten through challenging times, because I don't think people necessarily want you to solve their problems, even though, um, in a, you know, in a perfect world, uh, if I was having a challenge, I'd say, Tanya, solve this for me. But that doesn't yeah. really happen. But instead, it's no. like, if you can come up with a way to uh, to sort of help me think about it and help me solve something, I think that that's a really powerful thing. You and I are both part of YPO. Um, yeah. That's definitely part of a, kind of the YPO training as well. Um, but I think that that's like a really important thing that um, that so many people miss when they haven't had those other groups that yeah. sort of teach them that um, in order to get those founders. And I think it's important to get those as mentors, a sorry. Yeah. And I think it's important as a mentor to be absolutely 100% honest and vulnerable with what's going on in your company. Like, you know, we all hate talking about if our company is going through a downturn or things mm-hmm. are not working out the way we want, but, but being honest and vulnerable and telling your people that that's what's happening, even though it's hard to talk about, is what they need to hear because they might be going through the exact same thing. 
And, yeah. and listen, business is not like this. Business is like this and like this and like this and like this. And so one thing I'm, I'm very open about is, is my, like my struggles with the business, like whether it's, you know, when things are going great, it's going great. But when things are going bad, I tell everybody, listen, it's not been a great month for me or a great year. And, you know, kind of struggling. And they're like, oh, thank God someone else said that because you know what? We are too, right? But if we don't talk about it, how are we going to support each other? <laughs> so. Totally. No, it's so, so true. So knowing what you know today, what's the most important thing uh, that you wish you knew when you started? Oh, uh, you were teaching before becoming an entrepreneur, but is there something that um, gosh, I wish I would have known. I mean, you touched on this about the financials and, and kind of getting that right out of the gate, but is there anything else that you think has, has really kind of, um, come up as a, like, I wish I would have known that. Um, two things. One, always trust your gut. When something mm -hmm. doesn't seem right. And there has been many situations in my life when it comes to, you know, people that are maybe working for me or that it, things don't seem the way that they, they are, you know, they seem off and you ignore it. You ignore that gut and then you get screwed for it. Right. So I, one, always trust your gut. If something seems off and your, your gut is going, cool, I don't know, something doesn't feel right. And you're too afraid to say something, do it, say it, because chances are your gut is spot on and something is troubling. Uh, something is not what, not what you think it is. Right. Um, number two, um, higher, slow, fire, fast. <laughs> oh my mm -hmm. God. Like the amount of people that we held on to for too long because we were too afraid to let them go or too kind to let them go, um, was a huge detriment to the company. Right hire slowly and fire fast. It's hard, but you got to do it. If it doesn't, yes. if it's not working out, do fire fast. Yeah. Those are two yeah, things I, I wish someone had told me. I think everybody has made those mistakes and has, and has learned and it's tough. It's, yeah. it's yeah. really tough. And especially when you have a personality where, you know, you want everybody to be friends and you want everybody yes. to like each other and you, yes. you want to be liked. I think it's, yes. it's really challenging, but when you're leading, you really have to uh, do that. Cause the other thing that I've learned is that if you don't do it and you're not strong enough to do it, then what you're showing the rest of the team is yeah. that you allow, um, you know, this to go on and Absolutely. me see to, to go on. So I think it's such a critical point that you made. So, yeah. well, it was such a pleasure to talk yes, to you, Tanya. And, yeah. And Sipology is, is super great. Uh, everyone needs to try it. We'll have all the info in the show notes on how to get your hands on Sipology and uh, also to connect with Tanya too. But thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you. And uh, have a great rest of the week and everybody as well. So thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen 
or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.